Welcome back to the Unapologetic Skeptic Podcast. This episode is going to be an audio archive of one of my longer-form YouTube videos. So if you haven't had a chance to watch and you prefer to listen, sit back and enjoy. You know, for 27 years, I was an atheist. I thought anyone who believed in a god or gods was, well, stupid. You know, I always see apologists saying this in these videos, and I'm never sure whether or not to believe them. I'm not sure if they're being honest or if they're trying to use it to put a little bit more legitimacy behind their arguments. Or uneducated, naive, gullible, or just into the gig for money, sex, and power. I mean, after all, everyone knows that religion is just a psychological crutch for intellectual weaklings, right? Personally, I've never said this. There are some brilliant minds out there that just so happen to be Christian as well. Now, what I think is you saying this is a backhanded way of trying to discredit atheists and make them all seem like some angry stereotype. So, what changed my mind? Well, look, I tell the whole story in my book, Shattered, but for our purposes here on Prager University, I was simply challenged by my Christian teammates on the Cincinnati Reds. See, that's something I can understand a little bit. My deconversion didn't begin by being challenged by other people, but it has continued because of other people's challenges. I've been challenged to think critically about my Christian beliefs, and that's really what sped up my deconversion. To read some religious books, critique them, and then share with the guys where the authors were wrong, and why atheism is the only real and true outlook for anyone not deceived by fantasy, fiction, or mythology. I mean, religion means a lot of different things to a lot of different people, but yes, there is an element of deception there, especially in modern apologetics. But we all have different levels of evidence that we're willing to accept, and a lot of people are simply happy living on faith alone. I mean, for someone who wants to base their beliefs and values upon evidence and argument, not emotion and tradition. I mean, I will tell you right now that emotion and tradition play a huge role in a lot of people's religious beliefs. I know they did in mine. I was raised in the church. It's what I knew. I was, and to use the term that I think most appropriately fits, I was groomed to be a Christian. Now look, simply put, I set out to disprove theism, which I didn't think would take very long. Now here is where I'm wondering about the legitimacy of your atheist credentials. See, most atheists know and accept that I don't know is the appropriate answer for most things. To completely disprove theism is a tall task. If you actually listen to a lot of atheists, and I will tell you the same thing, and that's that I don't know if there is a God, I am unconvinced that there is one. And I think if Christians were completely honest, they would say, I don't know either. But I ran into some difficulties along the way. <laughs> difficulties like Aristotle, Augustine, Aquinas. And none of them knew for sure either. The greatest philosophical minds in the world can't say for a certainty that there is a God. I mean, in simple terms, I was confronted with the awareness that there are really four big bangs that have to be accounted for, not just one. I had never really even considered that before. Well, when you say big bang, there is one thing that comes to mind, and that's the expansion of our universe from a singularity. But go on. I mean, we're all familiar with the first big bang, right? It's usually the answer given to the question, why is there something rather than nothing? It's the idea that there was nothing it popped and boom, there's something. I mean, that's way oversimplifying it, but sure. Here's the issue with that. Nobody can say for a certainty that there actually was nothing. I mean, that time, matter, and space all came into existence in some great cosmological flash about 16 billion years ago. 
There was no gradual development, no transitional forms, just a binary flip, a metaphysical, now you don't see it and now you do. See, to me, it seems like you're doing what a lot of apologists do and intentionally oversimplifying it to try and deceive people. Also, how do you define the word nothing? See, when most people think of nothing, they think of, say, for example, the contents of an empty shoebox. Literally nothing. But when you're talking about the origins of the universe, the word nothing simply means nothing of substance in existence. In this particular nothingness, quantum energy can still exist. Fine. I want to follow the evidence wherever it leads. However, astrophysicists tell us that this first Big Bang yielded only a handful of fundamental elements and that it would take billions and billions of years for the nuclear furnaces of trillions of stars to yield the 118 elements in the periodic table. Well, to the best of our collective knowledge on the subject, we do know that the universe is billions of years old, so it would have had the time. But the first theoretical cosmological Big Bang? Well, it only yields matter and energy. It doesn't even begin to address the origin of life. So, how do you get life from non-life? Well, I can tell you that one of the leading theories is that life emerged in the Earth's early oceans from chemical processes that helped to build the building blocks of life. How did abiogenesis occur? I mean, the notion that something can come from nothing. Where's the evidence? Well, in 1952, Stanley Miller and Harold Ure, hopefully I'm pronouncing that right, simulated the conditions of the early Earth. They did this by sealing water, methane, ammonia, and hydrogen in a glass flask. They then applied electrical sparks to the mixture. When they did this, amino acids came into existence from the rolling mixture. That is a huge find. Well, you're going to need another something-from-nothing leap of faith, some kind of biological second Big Bang. Now I hope you see why every time he says something came from nothing, I see it as an attempt to discredit the opposition, basically to oversimplify it in order to deceive people. For all the mind-blowing advancements we've made in physics, biology, and chemistry in just the past hundred years, we're still no closer to making it happen. We don't have a clue. I mean, go look up the experiment that I just told you about. There's no way you didn't know about this. And that's not to say that absolutely everything has been figured out, but we do have evidence. So you saying there is no evidence is an intentional deception. The closer we look, the wider the chasm. I mean, sure, we've learned a lot about how to manipulate life forms, how to add and subtract DNA material, even map the human genome. But we have no idea how to literally create life from dead stuff. You know what, as sad as it is, I can't be surprised at all that he's not mentioning any of the advances that we've made in our understanding. This is PragerU. Now look, at this point, we still only have physics, chemistry, and some basic biology, or matter, energy, and simple life, if you will. But we still don't have a way to account for the great diversity of life forms. I mean, the huge differences between bacteria, plants, and animals. But evolution can account for the unity and diversity of life on Earth. It's just not something you're willing to look into. Nor do we have a way to account for the differences between man and animal. We still don't have an anthropology at this point. Well, humans are mammals. I mean, essentially, humans are animals. And we do know what separates the two. Generally, human beings are distinguished from other animals based on our cognitive abilities. 
So we're going to need a kind of anthropological third big bang to account for all this, which of course is what Darwin was after in his Descent of Man thesis. Now look, Darwin answered a lot of questions, but he could never answer the core question. How did evolution begin? There are many theories, but at the end of the day, there is nothing wrong with saying I don't know, because honestly, neither do you. But we do know that evolution is something that can be observed, so we know that it's something that exists. But hey, we're still not done describing the world that is all around us. A final Big Bang is going to be required to explain how a mechanistic animal brain can become a self-reflective human mind. Yeah, I mean, natural selection can account for that. Even the lowest life forms have brains and central nervous systems. I mean, how does something like that become the mind of a Michelangelo, a Shakespeare, a Beethoven? Come on, animals don't do art and they don't appreciate beauty. But the problem is even more basic than that. How do you account for free will and introspection, let alone man's pressing existential drive to ask why? Again, if I'm not mistaken, and who knows, I could be. Natural selection and the development of our brains over time can account for that. Well, we're going to need some kind of psychological fourth Big Bang to account for man's moral and aesthetic sense. I mean, his, his search for meaning, significance, and purpose. And of course, his appreciation for the true, the good, and the beautiful. And what we shouldn't do is fill any gaps in our understanding with a God did it. I'm sure you are familiar with and have been accused of using the God of the Gaps argument. And again, you must understand these problems require bangs. I mean, sudden binary pops into existence, since there's no evidence for any gradual development in any of these. So I, like you, have a choice. Well, I know I've said it a few times already, but natural selection itself is a gradual development. It's either faith in these four big bangs of somethings from nothings to account for what we see all around us, or faith in some kind of creator God behind it all. So, next time someone asks you, hey, what about the big bang? Make sure you ask them which one. So, in classic PragerU fashion, this entire video was an intentional deception. They intentionally oversimplified things intentionally ignored evidence because they couldn't make their point without doing that. Welcome to PragerU, everyone. Well, if you guys enjoyed the video, like, share, subscribe, leave a comment, and I will see you guys